0: is the bloody disgusting podcast network
1: what the hell is this how old is this thing
2: Lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey,
3: I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor and we are the Boo Crew. And before we start, here's Lauren with a Boo Crew Fright Fact.
1: Did you know that 2008, The Strangers had a script that was originally t- titled The Faces, and also that Liv Tyler suffered from tonsillitis during the filming.
3: Yowch. We gotta get out of here. I'm gonna open the door, and I just want you to run, okay?
1: Welcome to episode 113, as you are joined by Matt, Tyler, and Chad of Radio Silence.
3: These guys are incredible. They are the collective of creators behind some of the best horror films made in years and some of our all-time faves. Most recently, 2019's Ready or Not, they did Devil's Do, Southbound, and that amazing entry in the 2012 anthology film VHS.
1: This combo is an absolute blast. Hear about how they weaponized a wedding dress, the art of making found footage, the story behind the collective and way too many fun things to mention we love these guys and what they do so much you'll just have to keep listening
4: radio
3: silence are a testament to pure imagination innovation and ingenuity that will certainly inspire you as a creator in no matter what you do and as someone who appreciates great filmmaking kick back and enjoy episode 113 hey this is matt i'm tyler and i'm chad we are radio silence
4: we're playing hide and seek with the Boo crew
0: If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead.
4: Found her.
2: Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another thing. Crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy
3: Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio Is a filmmaking trio that started Working together on the viral online comedy Channel Chad, Matt and Rob until Around 2011. Their videos were A unique blend of sci-fi, action Hilarity and horror as well as truly Innovative and ambitious interactive Adventures they started to create for YouTube One of their videos Roommate Alien Prank Goes Bad was so popular that it got National TV coverage and has racked over 33 million views to this Stay on their still remaining official channel. Who knows how many in the hundreds and thousands of shared captures of the short. It was another video there's Mountain Devil Prank Fails Horribly that really had the guys exploring their knack for horror with effects that people still can't quite figure out how they pulled off. Their feature length debut came in the form of 2012's multi-award nominated anthology horror film VHS alongside other filmmakers like Adam Wingard, Ty West, and David Bruckner. It was their standout entry 103198, that showed such a strong command of a blend of pure horror mixed with playfulness which as a genre fan was so addicting to see and something that definitely Leaves you wanting more. And more we got in 2014 with the emphatically creepy Devil's Do for Fox and another highly acclaimed anthology film, Southbound, in 2016. 2019 saw their return and into wide theatrical release with their remarkably charming hit Ready or Not starring a brilliant ensemble cast including Samara Weaving, Adam Brody and Andy McDowell. The film went on to be nominated for over 16 awards winning multiple and was placed on countless horror fans best of lists instantly. I think we all share in the sentiment that we are so lucky that these guys are making films and experiences for us and we are so excited as to where they will take us next. We are honored to welcome Matt, Tyler and Chad collectively known as a Group of the most thrilling creators in horror today, radio silence.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have never sounded cooler. <laughs> we just said right. in that intro. That's definitely so going to be my alarm clock in the
4: morning. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be that, just so I can get out of bed. <laughs> Quickly update Wikipedia.
6: Right.
4: <laughs> All of it. Well,
3: guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come in here today. We are obviously massive fans of everything you guys do. So, this has been a long time coming for us. So, Thank, well, you. Awesome, thank you. Thank you for having us,
5: man. The studio <laughs> is beautiful. And thank you, for, thank you for watching our stuff. Oh, it of means course. Oh, Great God. stuff, man.
3: Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, my God. We can't stop talking about it. So um, the passion you guys have for this stuff is very palpable. Tell us about the films. We can go around each of you. The films that got you into this from a young age.
6: All right, right man. Yeah, yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it was um, Aliens. Cool. Got me into scary shit. And then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah, and nice. But that, that was the big one yeah. for me. They showed it at my school when I was in fifth <laughs> grade. I know.
6: <laughs> what? It's crazy. <laughs> Honestly,
7: <laughs> school, school has <laughs> since closed its doors. <laughs> no, you know, it's a great school.
6: What the a hell? Great school.
7: Really? But yeah, we had this special day at the end of the year where they would show you a movie if like, you didn't get a red slip. And a red slip was like if you got in a fight or whatever. <laughs> and usually it was just some generic, who knows? And somebody chose Nightmare and Elm Street 3. Showed a bunch of 5th and 6th graders. And all I remember from it is that my friends and I were obsessed. Like, instantly. Like, what is this? And also, what were the first two? Because we had not seen them. Yeah. Was there Fallout? Like, was there I, ever... My <laughs> memory <laughs> is that there was. And I recently asked my parents about it. And neither of them remembered. Because I probably didn't tell them. I right. didn't go yeah. home and say, yeah. hey.
6: Yeah. <laughs> we saw Nightmare
7: on Elm Street yeah. 3 at school today. The um, reason
1: I'm yeah, were... so shocked is just because at my kids' school, they can only show G-rated... Movies and it's so hard to find G rated movies. It's like the Santa Claus 2 is G, but not number one. So you can't show number one. Like, literally, they've been watching the Polar Express for five fucking years. (laughs) They're like so over it. Like, nobody at Christmas time. Like, it's so weird. Nightmare Before Christmas, PG 13. Like, just things you wouldn't even think were PG 13. I feel like
5: there's everyone can find something to be outraged about. It's like, yeah. even movies that have magic in them, it's like, God, oh, yeah. we can't have magic. It's yeah, no Harry Potter. Potter. Man. Yeah, right.
6: it's,
7: it's, I mean, this was uh, the 80s. Yeah,
5: who
6: yeah can I'm, can. The 80s. I'm
0: surprised <laughs> that the teacher didn't know there were boobs in the movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you learned a lot. I just didn't care a lot of right. conversations
5: that you're supposed to have with your parents were answered.
0: <laughs> it's like case. sex ed kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: uh, I think we'll, you'll probably find that we have a lot in common too. Um, three of us. Mine were, I mean, the first, the first VHS tape that i ever that i remember ever receiving like as a gift was killer clowns from outer space oh, my nice. dad got it for me and we watched it until it the tape the tape broke but i wasn't really i didn't really grow up on horror movies it was um i think my my real experience with with it to start was just wandering the horror section of the of the video store yeah. and just looking at the jackets the video jackets yeah. and i can still i mean i i know there are a bunch of that i probably haven't even seen but i could I know just from the cover, the cover art, the VHS art, but, and then as I got a little older, like those sort of forbidden movies, like Alien was a big one, Predator was a big one, RoboCop was a big one, all of these, Enemy Mine, these movies yeah, that like, yeah. I knew I probably shouldn't be watching, <laughs> Ooh, my Gossip dad Junior. was like totally yeah. okay showing, like it was sort yeah. of this, this, this thing that he and I had where, you know, we'd get to like watch a scary movie from time to time.
0: What and are some of those uh, jacket covers that you remember, like what were some of the movies? I mean...
5: Sleepaway Camp, ticks, uh, of course, like, Ghoulies, you know, Chub, Critters. Yeah, yeah Chud, yeah. like, all of <laughs> yeah. those were.
0: Friday the 13th, yeah, uh, was yeah. it part uh, three, was it, with the knife through the curtain, was it, or, you know. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of cool art from back then. Do you remember that- Future Kill? Do you remember that? I
3: remember that It was one. like a Giger yes. drawing of a person, but he had, like, a spike so, yeah. in his face, but it looked like an alien. It yep. looked like Alien. Yeah. But it was Future Kill, and it was the cast of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was, like, Ed, Neal and uh, the, the girl who survived, I forget. Really? Anyway. Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Oh and mine was uh the original George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And uh oh. mainly because like an older brother, a friend's older brother showed showed me that when I was young and that mall, the Monroeville Mall is where I went to go get school clothes oh, every fall so we oh, no. we would go down there and be like, "All right, cool, like I I now I understand that the, I don't need to be afraid at night." <laughs> Um, to go to bed, because the dead aren't coming to get me, or when I go school shopping. Um, and then the other one is E.T., because E.T. scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, I man, I, I, I watched it when I was a child, and then I didn't watch it again until, I think, four years ago. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe four or five years ago. And I'm like, alright, well, yeah, it's not that bad, but like E.T., I had nightmares about E.T. my entire childhood, and I couldn't get out of my head. It, it just made me cry we, like yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The of emotions, movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Now, going out and creating
3: like going back and creating the Chad Matt and Rob channel, which gave us like a treasure trove and a back catalog of content that's stylistically very much a precursor to what radio silence is now, what was your experience and background in filmmaking at that point?
4: Um not I mean, not mine personally was not much because i I came to Los Angeles uh, just from act the acting um background, and that was just from doing theater in Pittsburgh. And, I, and some commercials. And, and commercials yeah, don't don't and sell commercials. <laughs> I, I, did, I did King's, uh, King's restaurants, um, radio was, commercials. What was some of that copy? Um, I don't know. I was like, do you want pancakes? Uh, yeah, come <laughs> to the King's restaurant. Bring the family. It'll be great.
5: Uh, I, just, I feel sick. Yeah. I don't want any pancakes. Eat, pancakes. I'm never eating another <laughs> pancake. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, and, and then uh, my first day in Los Angeles, I went to an acting class because I was looking for an apartment for a while, signed a lease and sat down in the back row next to Matt. Um so it was literally like right off the bat, you know, and we did the acting class thing for a while and uh Matt Matt wanted to be a writer. And uh after after a couple auditions we were just like, you know what? Let's just let's just do our own thing. You know, let's let try to fit into somebody else's box. Let's just create our own box and see if we could blow it out that way. And uh we made our first uh video or second video. We had one that we pulled that we never showed. It was called A ter- A Horrible Place. Terrible place. A terrible <laughs> place. It sucked. Uh, Yeah, it it was about SimCity, and it just didn't make any sense. Um, And then we did Good Roommates, and we put it up on YouTube, MySpace, and one weekend on MySpace, it went from like 138 views to the one Saturday, went from like 15,000 views to 65,000 views to 200,000 views. And we're like, wow, this is is really cool, this is a lot of fun. But uh, that's kind of the background, my background personally, is just like getting here, winging it and being like, let's just make stuff, and uh, we'll figure it out as we go.
5: Yeah, I think that we all kind of, I mean, I, I went to film school and I was working as a camera operator and as a DP when I met these guys and Matt and I met working at New Line his first job in LA my first job in LA though you were there for much
7: yeah I I managed to keep my first job in the mailroom for about eight years so (laughs) yeah and
5: uh so we were we were kind of acquaintances we weren't really really buddies but we didn't like each other other. (laughs) at the office and and I was uh and I was in between like shooting shooting stuff for the Upright Citizens Brigade and I had made a bunch of bunch of buddies so I like loved comedy but I also really loved what they were doing that there was this like real real sense of action and adventure and and genre and it just it was all so like I, it just i was so aligned with it my taste and so i there was like a, a project that they needed a dp for and we shot the birthday party that was the first thing we did yeah it was one of the interactive a, adventure yeah. things yeah yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. october it, 2009 i think yeah is when it came out yeah
5: but i think it was really i think what we really quickly learned that regardless of like what we'd learned in school and and really what we had Done before, though all of those things were really valuable. There was just something like that clicked when we all started yeah. making stuff.
7: And it's also yeah. that thing, like you know, we all moved out here to do different non-directing things because directing seems so. Oh, I can never direct. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like oh, who directs? And then just sort of through the necessity of doing it, we started directing. It was very much not the "I want to be a director" thing. I think for any of us, it was actually "I just want to make something." Oh, that means we have to direct it.
6: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then
7: it was the process of making all of our shorts that we kind of learned what that actually was and then really fell in
5: love with. Them. And what all of the parts of the process were. Yeah. Which is ultimately like at the end of the day, you, how you have an opinion about what you want and what you think is going to work and what it, and what you know isn't going to work is just by being a part of well, and also, that whole thing from beginning to end, knowing like, well, we got to get this sound effect or like this thing's not going to
7: work. I mean, down to the, the smallest. Well, of the and because does. at that time we're writing the stuff. We're, we're shooting it we're directing it we're acting in a lot of it and we're editing it you you know you learn a lot when you write it you learn a lot when you direct it and you learn a lot oh, hell of a lot when you edit it <laughs> and I actually think the editing portion is think maybe so. the most important part yeah. for us because that's like where we really learned to then take that on set and be like oh we don't all that stuff we thought we needed we don't need any of it like let's just get yeah. the the distilled shit we actually need and it's, and, it's yeah. really great and I feel like in the process you know oftentimes you
5: do your thing and and especially if you're on a larger a larger project you know kind of bigger machine with more moving parts and when your piece of it's done your whatever you've created kind of becomes a part of this other larger machine it's kind of like the Manhattan project and you may never get feedback on what it is you did and what worked and what didn't work so for us it was like this constant feedback loop of Oh, we'd made this choice, you and sucked. holy shit, it didn't you work. Like, we do this differently yeah. next time, and <laughs> and there was something so great and so valuable about the like the immediacy of that learning experience. It wasn't like oh, you did a performance, and then like you hear you sort of realize that it was good or not good because it either people connected to it or it doesn't come out or whatever it is. Instead, it was like just instantaneous. We knew what was working and what wasn't working,
3: so. And that I mean, I guess a big part of that was YouTube was very much in its infancy when you started putting up these videos. So what a a cool thing to be able to like self-broadcast yourself. It
7: was still a wonderful place. It (laughs) obviously (laughs) changed a lot. Yeah. yeah.
4: And Matt's going to war with them right now because they they pulled the Lone Pine, the Mountain Devil. Yeah, I saw that. Why would they pull that
3: (laughs) out of all the other ones?
7: It's bananas. It's so stupid because it's a, they have a new policy, which conceptually i'm like great you have a new policy where you don't want to put things on there that are pranks that maybe kids will imitate and hurt themselves cool great also maybe take off the nazis first but they're coming <laughs> after like these oh, right. like our video is a it's a fictional narrative right it's just shot like found footage so it feels real right well it's clear there's no discretion there's because yeah, monsters the in,
4: is in, in it. the title yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like obviously yeah, everybody but, at youtube thinks thinks that the Lone Pine Mountain Devil is real. And, and they've <laughs> all had ridiculous. experiences with it. They're terrified.
3: Clearly.
7: Yeah, so they pulled it. They, they took oh, it down. Man. Of course, there's 30 copies of it on other YouTube channels. Right. So you can still find it.
3: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny you guys mentioned that. Well, I wasn't aware of that acting background, but you could really tell the acting and the writing is such a good uh, an important focus of what you guys do. Like when you look at a video like Magic, for instance, that whole thing is really based on the writing and the beats and yeah. timing of yeah. everything for that mm-hmm. to work so well. There's not you know too many effects besides the uh, magician. <laughs> you went you went to some deep cuts. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. We went down the rabbit, hole. <laughs> oh, oh, the rabbit,
6: rabbit hole. hole. Well, that
5: was the fun about that format, right? Is it's you have to like get people hooked quick and then you have to give them some kind of fun, like narrative twist. And the more you can do that in a short amount of time, I think the more the more you have people sort of off off balance and you can sort of surprise them, you can make yep. them laugh easier, you can make them scared easier. It's like that short format
7: was such an amazing... Our amazing joke ground. was always that you have to keep, <clears throat> keep, their, keep their attention from about 10 seconds in or they'll just go look at cat videos.
3: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's another element, I think, that what you guys do to connect us with your characters in your feature length films is using that element of humor so much because it's an instantaneous connection that we get with the characters like Samara weaving is grace. We connect with her instantly and it makes work like, when the horror happens and, and all the you know trials and tribulations that a character goes through, you feel so much more attached to the character already because you went through, like you laugh with them. They yeah. made you laugh. Oh, yeah. You, you oh, yeah. feel like real yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, It's so cool. And is great at that, I mean, she's obviously incredibly
7: yeah. talented, and that's one of the things that she really brings to it, is like, she can be really scared, she can be really funny, all of it feels real.
3: Now, talk to us about developing what you guys kind of pioneered too, was these interactive adventures, which is fucking brilliant.
4: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that was a lot of fun, and that was like right when Annotations first came out on YouTube, which is now... Gone, defunct, they took it down. YouTube's also really another thing, YouTube yeah. just
7: got, they're coming after <laughs> us. Yeah. A yeah. If anyone <laughs> from YouTube is listening. Right.
4: <laughs> so it was a combination of using that technology and also um, starting to have our first meetings like around town a little bit. And they're like, you guys have to do a web series. And we're like, well, we don't want to do a series. Like, how do we get people to engage in watching our content for a little bit longer? And so we were sitting around probably at the farmer's market one day and we're like, well, how about, like, and I think Rob brought up the annotations and yeah. he was like, let's make it choose your own adventure thing and we're like that's a great idea because then we could get people hooked, you know, early on and let them carry on throughout by ma- choosing which path they go down with the, with the road and to be watching these longer longer form content that way.
7: Well, it allowed us to cuz we always our goal was always like let's figure out how to do what we want to do and then let's make movies. Yeah. And that allowed us to do 25 30 minute stories on a platform like what you were saying just ch- yeah, chat. Sort of just saying that a platform that usually yeah, is like Two minutes and you're long. That's like an epic on YouTube. And now we were doing these twenty-five minute things,
4: right? And and also doing multi-genres within those things because yeah. even the time machine had had a dragon slaying, <laughs> a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, all shot for like maybe a thousand dollars was like the biggest Total.
7: budget. Usually like three hundred bucks.
5: Really?
4: Right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. yeah and a lot make... of Little Caesars pizza of, yeah. that's how we fed uh, everybody.
5: <laughs> we yeah, nobody ate well on any of our. No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nothing <laughs> not wrong with Little Caesar. Come <laughs> on. I think it's also one of the fun things about the short format is you have to you have to rely on tropes to a certain extent to get people you have to have a little bit of a shorthand with the audience to get them like invested in what the conceit is like zombies or you know a teleporter or a treasure hunt like i think that we all just given the kind of language of movies and how we've all kind of grown up in a a very media saturated world you hear those things and you're like oh i know what to expect and then you you sort of you can tell a lot of story in a very short amount of time if you rely on those tropes but you also have an opportunity to like fuck with people right when you yeah. give it you the opposite ex- of what they expect yeah even in the
7: context of this kind of familiar thing i mean we talk constantly <clears> about <throat> with everything we do like how can we subvert this how can we do the not obvious version and i think what you're saying is exactly where we learned it because we had to rely on the trope and then we of course didn't want to be boring so it was like how can we fuck this up right yeah and i think we did that in all of those we could have made a lot of just really like
5: straight down the middle things you've seen before. And ultimately, that was a character choice, I think. Like making these, making the people going through these wild experiences, these just normal, relatable. Super
7: good-looking dude.
6: Super yeah, good. so, insanely <laughs> wildly skilled actor. <laughs> the,
3: the Brando's of their generation. Right. <laughs> well, what are the? It's funny. Uh, one that I can, off the top of my head, the, the birthday party one, right? For instance, you end up. it Starts off kind of like a crime thriller. Yeah, you end up in the Linda Vista Hospital. <laughs> right. yes. Yes. And yeah, and there's creatures in exactly, the fucking yeah. Linda Vista yeah, Hospital. Exactly. Yeah, and you never
5: question it. You're like, okay, there's a, there's a weird zombie thing in this abandoned hospital. But it doesn't matter, because no, it happens right. so quickly like that, you, you can just jump convention so effortlessly. Well, and one of the things <laughs> that we, from we learned it.
7: there is that, that, and, is that if you have the characters that who are grounded... That's the monster. I, that is me. <laughs> yeah. the oh, it is? Speaking yeah. of the brand oh, nice. uh, <laughs> With a little VFX enhancement. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if the characters believe what they're going through, you can go balls to the wall in any direction. And, I mean, that's something we took with us to Ready or Not. As long as Samara, playing Grace, believes it and is in it, you can go crazy around her, like, and we—that's what we did with Chad yeah. and Rob. And Like the more absurd, the, the better. Weirdly,
5: the more yeah. grounded it gets because you have yeah. them acting in, in an inverse to how crazy things are getting. So it's like it actually oddly—it's—it's it's this very weird it's sort of weird. magic trick that
3: combining those things well, does. And then, how are you pulling stuff off at that time? Like again, I'll just use the birthday party as an example. Like. The it looks like practical effects. You have a gunfight that's going on. People getting yeah, shot, people sounds, like yeah. blowing out of people, and the creatures are, cars are exploding. How are you able to do was all that all
4: digital or I went to
3: I went to college with this
5: guy named Justin Martinez, who was a member of Radio Silence for about four years, five years. Yep. And is is a self-taught effects artist. He he's just like very, very dedicated. To like getting it done right and learning how to do it himself. And he just would watch spend hours and hours in After Effects and Mocha and mm-hmm. all of these, all of these programs, and just from from like the top down, explore how to use them. And if he ran into a thing, like, why didn't you create this specific effect? He'd go on YouTube, he'd watch a bunch of tutorials, he would sort of interpret them, do his version of it, and I mean. He did all of our mountain in southbound. He yep, did birthday really? party, wow. he did VHS, all the yeah. VHS stuff. Devils do.
7: Yeah. It's him. He did a the, lot oh, of wow. the. Devil. Like when the house the just goes devil's devil's ape shit. Yeah, he, he's he's. I believe the word is a genius of some sort. Yeah. yeah, he's really good at that shit.
3: So like that that effect you're talking I about mean, when the house goes ape shit in both ten thirty one ninety eight and Devils Do. More, is that, it's more practical than yeah. Devils Do. It is. Yeah, we got yeah.
5: practical. Ten thirty one is
3: all really.
5: All digital. Yeah. 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 Oh my Everything. god. That looks spectacular.
0: Windows sealing oh. up
3: the
5: hands. hands yeah. Yeah. That's
0: the smoke, all Justin's. I think it was the only yeah. thing that we're all
4: Justin's had hand had too. The atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
3: think you're right. Oh, the hands in the basement. Yeah like grabbing in the... yeah. Wow. at his apartment in I in Burbank.
4: Yeah. 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 That's incredible.
3: <laughs> I was gonna ask, where's where was that house? Altadena. Really?
5: The
4: house vacant house ninety eight. Um it's called the Woodbury Estate. Yeah.
5: yeah, it's just a location, a shooting location. It's just like a vacant house, a property that's just yep. And it's right next it's to a fifteen minutes from here. Right a police now station, a firehouse. Yeah, like we were running around that house like screaming, like <laughs> that's people were being murdered. I've murder. murder <laughs> yeah, never heard Pete from anybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my god! Well, how did you uh, going on to? Well, I guess I'm trying to uh, segue it into the kind of evolution from chad matt and rob into what became radio silence and you know tyler coming on board how did that look well
7: tyler came on board for a birthday party
3: gotcha yeah, that was okay. the first one we all did and so together with chad matt and
7: rob we did like birthday party teleporter treasure hunt mountain, mountain devil.
6: devil
7: what else did we I do? feel like we did a few more but we did it for a while as chad matt and rob and mm-hmm. then actually Brad Miska, Bloody Disgusting, is kind of the key to... It's a conflict of interest to talk about. Yeah.
6: Right. Like, we, we are not being paid to bring up Brad I've Miska. I've uh, never heard of him. So he's he's a such a, a jerk. On, he's a piece on. of shit. Uh,
7: yeah, Brad, Brad... So when we were doing Mountain Devil, we, you know, we were big fans of Bloody Disgusting, so I made a fake email account and sent Brad an email saying like, As like a sixteen year old girl or something, I was like, "Hey, dude, like you should check out this super short." And I think he was on to me. I don't even know. But, But through that, he was like, "Hey, I really like this. Like, how can I get in touch with?" the people who made it <laughs> to which i also did not just give him our email addresses which was stupid but <laughs>
5: you're like really made it yeah video. i know <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you got
7: got to you gotta hide, Yeah. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyways he he got in touch with us for vhs and he was like you know we're doing this thing and for a little while it was tv and it and then and then it became what vhs became you know and we were the last people brought on to that we didn't really know what it was, it was he, he was just like go make a thing we'll slot it in and then I think you know we met him and Simon and that was that was our first step into features was and it's, yeah. so it's all through Brad and it was it was Brad being like I want you guys to do this thing
5: but then it got yeah. into Sundance which of course we never in a million years like <laughs> no nobody expected, was making yeah. VHS with Sundance in in mind <laughs> I think if you I mean and, I think
7: Brad and Rockstar knew yeah, I mean, yeah but that was sure like a like pie thing <laughs> I mean we were we went
5: about it just like we went about everything that we'd made it was like okay we're gonna maybe pocket a little cash we're gonna eat a lot of Gross pizza. Yeah. We're gonna we kept half fun. of the production. Yeah, they we, they we gave did. us the money to make it, and we were like, "Well, we'll take
6: half."
5: Got into Sundance. He was like, "They were like, Well, we, you guys, we're going to fly. We want to fly the like the director out.'" And we were like, "Well, no, it, Brad. It, yeah, it, it, like we can't. We're not, one of us isn't going to go out there. Like all four of us are going to go out there. So we we decided to just Brad like present." the idea of this collective as the kind of director, this r- idea of radio silence, it really, it really just as a way for all of us to go to, right. it was a way for <laughs>
4: us <laughs> to get together. Yeah, exactly.
7: <laughs> it was Brad saying, saying that. And then I say, I remember it happened over text in like five minutes. It was, Hey, they're not going to fly all of us out there. Should we just find a new name for Chad, Matt and Rob? Cause honestly it was, a, it was a Chad, Matt and Rob short that then Rob didn't want to do. So we were like, okay, well, we'll get our friend Paul to do the Rob stuff. Chad, Matt, and Paul just didn't have the same Uh, same range.
4: (laughs) Not the right step forward. Yeah. Yeah, and then we
7: just were like, oh, well, let's just make up a name real quick. And Radio Silence is what we always said, just hanging around, because it's, you know, we were just starting to kind of get meetings, and every time you meet someone about movie stuff they're like oh my god i'd love to work with you be so much fun and then what about this project and you know you quickly realize oh this is all bullshit right and there were a lot of calls that were not returned yeah a lot of calls so we'd always be like hey what happened with
3: so-and-so oh radio
7: silence we're like let's just tell them we're radio radio
6: silence
3: (laughs) (laughs) now we now we wear that (laughs) so how did you come up with the ten thirty one ninety eight concept
4: that was quick too, because we we pitched in three three ideas that were all Chad and Rob shorts, and uh, then we walked them through 10:31 yeah, like make
5: at one point or another.
4: Yeah. I know, but I, I do know we went from concept to final short in five weeks. So we went concept script, and then had a quick call about like how are you guys going to do a train, you know, for this type of budget. And we're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Like, we'll figure, we know what we're doing. And uh, well, you we're it. just yeah, stupid exactly. enough, we're naive enough
5: to just tell you that. And you're going to be dumb enough to believe us and give us money. How yeah. was
4: how the, the
0: illusion of, uh, you know, being a VHS film achieved? Oh, gosh. That oh, was that's
5: a, a science really, experiment. That's a yeah. really great question, actually. So we shot, we shot uh, that whole project. Our short was on an HD cam, a uh, Sony Handycam that was small enough that I could actually wear on my on my head. So all of that footage was actually shot with the camera on the nanny cam's head. Oh uh, no way. And it needed to be HD so that we could so that we could add the effects and have enough resolution to really to really create the level of detail that we wanted to, but after that, we did multiple we did multiple processes, but we went ultimately ended up going we had this weird this weird bridge called the Dazzle <laughs> it was a. It was a, it was made in the like early two thousand. Oh, I,
0: I remember that had the RCA plug. in yeah. RCA yeah. plug. Uh, uh, firewire. Yes, yes, FireWire. Yes, to yes. FireWire.
5: So we what, what we basically would do is we'd export export the file. So we'd have an HD file, or we'd burn it onto a, a DVD. We'd burn it a and, an and then we'd hook the DVD up to the dazzle, and the dazzle up to the computer via FireWire. So we're capturing a standard def, a standard def feed of the high def version, right. oh, so high def export. And putting it back in a Final Cut Pro, but of course there are all these like crazy fucked up frame rate issues. I mean, we could go on and we on. We spent half our time dealing with that, game, but, like bullshit. But ultimately, yeah, it was we actually we actually went through a a real standard def process to get that to get achieve that level. Oh. Like, there's very little of that is is a like effect, like a video effect, like an After effect. or a you know, none of it like is a, like I mean, a it's all... Yeah, it's yeah. all
4: yeah. What was the thing with the aluminum foil? Because I remember dancing around the office. No, with- that's Devil's Do. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's a whole other yeah. waste of our, <laughs> of our <laughs> us trying to make our
7: first the first cut we did of Devil's Do. we made look so Shitty. Yeah. Like, in hindsight, I don't know what we were... This is a studio movie. And we were like, let's make sure you can't even see we anybody's previewed
5: it. Right, yeah, We previewed it. We fucking previewed it like <laughs> for, like, 300 people yeah. at a
7: theater in Long Beach. But it's more real. Yeah. yeah, We were all about making that as, like, authentic as possible.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, that's funny. So, I mean, the VHS franchise now, right, showcased a bunch of... Especially starting with that yeah. 2012, it showcased a lot of other... Ty West was on it, Glenn yeah. McQuaid, who did... Uh, I sell the dead yeah yeah and uh, the roost he was doing visual effects on the roost Joe Swanberg David Bruckner whose amateur night ended up becoming like a full-length feature and went on to do the ritual which was, was freaking amazing yeah so and, and what? At we, House, Adam was as as a morning, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah what kind of trajectory did it set up for you guys what did you take from that experience was it like a launching pad after that
4: it was, like, it was a quick up and down.
6: i mean
5: i look we got we got a phone call about devil's due in a standing in a parking lot eating burritos how long after how long after vhs it was like october it was fast it was fast it was right it was right after it kind of was released i think like we were yeah (sighs) and then and then that project from that phone call
7: until the release was like 18 months or was it a short even that was October was like really of 2012 fast. and the movie came out 2014 January wow so, mm. whatever that is yeah and really i think, really i don't fast. think that we would do anything
5: differently with i mean we would still i think we'd all still take that opportunity if it if we were in that yeah, position I mean, and things i might do right, yeah, but yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> sure
7: but the it
5: was like i mean we were getting the chance to make a studio movie which i think none of us ever would have imagined we would get to do at, you know at that at that time so it was um and then, you know, and then I, I think that we learned, I mean, we learned a lot on that, on that project. I think that we fought a lot of battles early I like on. I like you a confession right I,
7: now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we fought, I think that we, like,
5: I think the thing that we learned really quickly was that our instincts about, like, what the project sort of should have been or could have been, we just, we, like, weren't, we didn't feel like we could fight hard enough for certain things, because we were kind of stepping into that process for the first time, and it was, there were politics involved that we'd never dealt with ever up until that, up until that moment. But um, I don't know. I, I I was a good. I like that movie. I like that fucking movie. I like that little guys. I, yeah, I mean, I like it too. I,
7: I Yeah, I didn't
1: I know you just mentioned David Bruckner, and I know his new movie, The Night House, just got picked up by Fox Searchlight, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who did Ready or Not. Do you guys think there'll be a VHS four?
7: I mean, Brad, if you're listening, (laughs) if you're going to be a VHS 4, we definitely talked about it. I mean, it's something I know that us and Bruckner and Miska have all been very interested in. I will say that, like, it's probably the only way we would do found footage. Oh,
0: yeah, no question. The only way we would would do, yeah,
5: yeah, would be a part of another
0: VHS. One of the sequels had the, uh, was it the zombie outbreak at the birthday party? yes yep they got stuck with the fork in the head yes (laughs) yeah i was like man how do they pull that out one of the best scenes is when they get run over by the car and the camera never stops yeah like you see the point of view and you're like how do they film that man it's
5: It's so much fun to shoot in that style because it's there's so many fun ways to like hide cuts and do like you can destroy small cameras because they're not super expensive like just for one shot i mean it's it's really (laughs) a forgiving and fun way to
7: Yeah, make something.
3: Was Devils Do always supposed to be like presented as a found footage yes. project? That was the
7: entire yeah. thing. That's what sold it to the studio and up the chain. It was found footage. Rosemary's Baby. Huh? Why yeah. wouldn't everyone want to go see that? Right. right. And 20th Century
4: Fox was just coming off a of Chronicle, so and they um, were like, "Oh, yeah, no, you know, cool! Like, you know, found footage is the way to go." You know, and and yeah. they did that. I think they think that like
5: a lot of people. There's this misconception that it's easier to make a found footage, movie, easier and cheaper and it's it, neither of those no. are really true i mean it's it's much harder to get people to connect to something because you're 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 all of the tools conventional tools of filmmaking kind of stripped away from that process right you have to find really creative ways to like get a close-up or like have a music cue these things that really guide the emotional experience for an audience you lose like 80 percent of those when you're <laughs> yeah, making a found yeah. footage movie and so it's a really it's a it's just a different it's a different kind of process and and that was one of the battles we fought early on, though. We, we thought we were like, well, let's just shoot. Let's make Devils do like just a conventional, conventional yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And we, that was the first battle we lost.
3: <laughs> so the, the script was written by Lindsay Devlin, who and I think that's her only feature that she's written. Yeah. So how much of that, how much of that found footage element did you have to go in and kind of decode and figure out or did she already have like reasons for the cameras and all the different rooms and things that you ended up bringing to the story and the, you know, the way you told it?
7: I mean, we had to work. I would say, and I think this is <laughs> one of the things that's the most, I don't want to say frustrating, but the a lot of the work when you're shooting found footage, especially of someone else's script, is figuring out all of that. Where does the camera go? Why? How is it motivated? And having come off VHS, where for us it was, let's motivate the camera one time, and that's it, and never talk about it again. To have to do that consistently over and over and over through yeah. an hour and a half movie, it becomes sort of the the work as opposed to what's the best story to tell here how are yeah. we gonna get through how this? Are the
5: characters feeling about things yeah
7: and and we really wanted to also evolve it so we were like trying to aim at a midpoint where all of a sudden you're with the bad guys point of view you know you're with these like unseen yeah. people and to what extent that worked i don't know but what i do know is that we spent i would say 50 percent of all creative energy on that trying to figure out how the story was being told by a camera yeah which is not something you do on a regular movie. Well, and it's, one right? the, it's one of the great things about VHS is
5: because because it's a short yeah. the stories are short format. If you're playing by the rules of found footage, the camera is going to turn off either when the batteries die right. or the characters who are carrying it get killed, right? Or or it breaks. So you kind of like the best sort of found footage shorts always end at the, at this kind of height, you know, the sort of peak of action and and peak of intensity. So Trying to, like, find a way to make a three-act structure work with that style was a real was a real challenge.
0: Do you guys have an idea for a VHS-4, a Threes-1?
5: Yeah. There was an idea. Yeah, going there. Oh. yeah. A, there was a little treatment out there. <laughs> that was pretty cool, was pretty, too. Pretty wild. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> what was it like working with an expanded budget on Devil's Do?
0: More pizza, uh, more yeah. pizza, yeah, more, yeah, more, more pizza, pizza.
1: Domino's instead Caesar. of yeah. Little Caesars, yeah. Yeah. It it Papa the, John's. Yeah. I mean, it damn, changed, yeah.
3: it changed a ton. <laughs> it changed. I, I agree. Like, yeah, I'm trying uh, to think yeah. of what like, specifically. I, remember, I
7: mean, we'd like call rap at the
5: end of the day, and we'd all start like wrapping up cables and like putting gear on the truck and you know the ad runs up to us and is like you guys don't have to do
6: that
5: there are people who are actually <laughs> right. this is their job you're to actually do this breaking they want rules to do this. right now yeah.
7: <laughs> but i mean i think the biggest thing for us that changed with it was now instead of us doing every single part of the process we're working with better more talented people to make it better than we could ever do you know just all the different departments and it it, it also it also is a great it's a great making devils do was a great stepping stone for us in terms of learning that process in a way that we still kind of understood and felt safe because we knew found footage better than anybody else involved. So there was like this, like we know we can do this our way, which was great. Like, and to Fox's credit, they let us go kind of hog wild on it, yeah. which we we really liked and we're really proud of is that we were shooting on cameras that studio movies do not get shot on. <laughs> We had our actors shooting, what, mm-hmm. half the movie? I mean, Zach yep. probably shot mm-hmm. half the movie. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and and they allowed for a lot of improv. It was basically like, let's get the take once that's just written, and then let's just improv this because we need it to feel real. Our number one thing was that the performance felt real. And, you know, they both did a really good job with that, I think. Wow.
4: Yeah. Right. yeah. And then another thing with the budget we were able to do, like we shot in New Orleans, but we were able to go to the Dominican Republic for a week. They get the honeymoon, um, we when we had to figure out what the end of the movie was like, after a little bit, we we were able to go to Paris They get the end tag. <laughs> oh, and yeah, like, just all right, the so little
7: thing. We <laughs> couldn't do that <laughs> on
5: the EV Yeah, We, just we do like, that yeah. two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually wrapped Devils Do It with a surplus of, yeah, of money. We did <laughs> nice. We were we brought nice. it in under budget. So when we came time to do any kind of reshoots,
4: yeah, I mean our right our line producer Jimmy Dodson, was like, "You guys have to spend more money. You have to do more things." And he's like pushing all these practical yeah. effects on us. So you're making spend me spend more money yeah he just goes you're making me look bad that's goes, so like, funny it's yeah. like a tax guy
5: yeah.
3: gotta get more write-off
4: yeah, he, yeah.
5: he called us like over like we were like two weeks out of from rap and he we thought we were in trouble he was like we have to have a meeting at lunch and we were all like oh shit you know we're like just terrified that we've done something wrong and he's like we have got to spend t- twice as much yeah.
6: as we're spending <laughs> he was like can day. we just have it <laughs> and that
7: earlier when we were talking about ex- tearing the house apart that was from yeah. that meeting, he was like, well, we're doing this house and we were tearing it apart and tearing the walls out and we were very much of the mind that we're going to have to do a lot of this VFX and he was like, let's just do it. We'll just tear the walls
3: out. To which, of course, we said, great. We can do that? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, so the whole thing was just like animatronic, basically? It's just pulleys and, pulleys and... Wow. That's so
7: funny. Hiding behind
3: chairs, throwing
7: them. (laughs) (laughs) It was
5: really fun. It adds, it adds a, a, it adds an element of excitement on set for sure. When you're watching all that stuff, it's, it's, it makes the shooting harder because resets are really a thing, but man, people, there, there is a real sense of energy when people are watching something
7: like that happen live it's Sure, different. and I will say for everything we've been kind of joking about with Devils do it was a great experience and like we do stand by the movie even if it's not totally that's what I wanted you to say not liked by many
3: 15 <laughs> minutes ago when I, was,
6: <laughs> when I was getting quiet and you were just watching I this just wanted to let you hang out there for a little bit I, can say.
3: <laughs> I think that I mean we love the film I think it really works as like the, we're such huge fans of Ten Thirty One Ninety Eight, and it really works as kind of like a Radio Silence greatest hits after that like a follow up the follow up that you wish would happen right you see all those great moments that you guys have kind of created in, in the past you see the house going hog wild in that scene yeah. you see people get thrown in the air you yeah. know and then crash down on cars you know it's great it's so fun Thanks. speaking of how is that achieved when you suck someone up in the air and oh, th- yeah, throw yeah. them down at the oh, car that's uh yeah,
7: that's that all practical. real i mean i'm not joking that was yeah. We had a, had a person on a, crane. Stunt, a stunt man yep. on a crane. Really? Yep. Oh wow! And it got was tied to the so the tied to the crane, running with the camera, and then whoosh, pulled all the way up, and then dropped. And I, what I remember is, I'm sure you guys do. It's too, not a very high tech thing, right? No, it's the not very high tech. It's just hold a camera. <laughs> yeah. I think we did it twice, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And and the. First time though, on
5: well, it's the, literally, was
4: it, It's a pickup truck. It's a pickup truck that goes and pulls him that, up. That's in the driving
7: air. and pulling him up in the
5: air with a big crane.
4: Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. and it's rigged up with a crane. At the top. And the first, the first time we did a test run of it, went up, dropped, and it was like you know, I well, I never mind. It went up <laughs> and it dropped, and the there had been mud because we were in New Orleans and it's muddy, and the the truck had dropped like a couple inches, oh, and no. so when he landed, he actually his knee hit the car. And it was—it's the worst moment we've had on set because it could have been—he was fine. I mean, but, but he's was falling at like yeah. full, but yeah, probably eighty percent speed. I mean, he's like really cooking. It was terrifying. Wow. And then he was like, "Okay, cool. We we figured out the problem. We'll do it again." And yep. that's what's in the movie
0: <laughs> oh, for those scenes. It's like—is it like a lens choice that makes it makes it look more extreme on on you know in the film? Is it, is it like um wide angle versus a telephoto that makes it more you know? It's
5: usually wide if wide you're like yeah fly. if you're doing like a running shot like that. You, the, the wider the angle is, the less you feel the shakiness. You're, you're able to kind of orient yourself a little bit more. And also right. to see that vista when yeah. you're up right.
7: top. He was very clear about holding it, kind of like uh, doing the uh, most yeah. unnatural thing <laughs> right. ever. <but> like, <laughs> well,
6: know, the to like, and up. then Justin yeah.
7: added, added the foot and the
6: yeah. hand
5: that enter the frame oh, yeah, are, yeah, our yeah. green screen elements that he shot and added in in post. Just to sort of sell that it's... Yeah. that The stunt guy is in... A, you know, Harness. full, rig, full body like, rig, helmet, knee pads, like wrist pads, everything mm-hmm. all decked out. And yeah, so all of that was was added with uh, Compton and host.
3: Wow you return to the anthology subgenre in 2016 with Southbound which is another, hailed as one of the best horror films of the past decade Rolling Stone talked about it, BuzzFeed, The Thrillist so much talent working on this one as well, you guys, Roxanne Benjamin David Bruckner back with The Accident which is fucking awesome oh, so and fucking so David Yao from Jesus Lizard yeah. in there, yeah. I didn't even know he acted it's an eclectic, aspect. I was like watching that, I was like that's fucking David Yao, right. the Jesus Lizard but uh, yeah, it's a must see so let's talk about your two Entries starting with the way out that kicks off the film. I'm a big listener. I love the, the crawl podcast that you guys did as well. Oh, hey, thank you. And one of the cool things you were talking about is uh you had Galaxy uh Galaxy San Juan who was talking about that jaw, that incredible jaw tear effect that you guys yeah. pulled mm-hmm. off. So that was a practical yeah. effect. Yep. It was an appliance yeah.
5: that we then we enhanced with some effects.
7: Yeah, when, uh, the, the shot on the ground where it's just my face ripped open yeah it's an enhanced yeah just Justin Martinez special enhancement oh, he wow. actually found images of detached jaws and just comped them onto that <laughs> it was like very gruesome. and then galaxy so had good. done galaxy and Chelsea had done a lot of work to get the all the other stuff so that he had something like
4: a baseline to work with
3: gotcha mm-hmm. yeah now what about those skeletal demons that are chasing are those practical or completely no, those are all
4: cg yeah okay yeah and, the, and they we we called them the reapers because they were we, we wanted um grim reapers and justin was like you know i if you want it done this year i can't do, <laughs> i can't do cloth because <laughs> the cloth would have been too much so he came up with that badass design of just this the skeleton with the with the veins and, and the hanging nerve and bottoms. yeah and uh and and just the bone elements of it and having the bone be part of the um what's that thing called the, the sky yeah, the sky. The, yeah. It was a great design, and, th- and then we got all excited about it, too, because we're like, oh, we're going to have it in the opening credits. We're like, we're not going to go, we're not going to hide the monster at all. We're going to, like, show it to you up front so you know you're getting into something weird and something different, and, and 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 you're just experiencing that with these characters who are, you know, getting you into the movie a little bit.
7: Yeah, it's not about, like, withholding that at all.
4: I mean, right, we treated
7: yeah. the opening segment of that the way in. Yeah, the way in. The way out. The way out. Oh, yeah. Right. They way out. Uh, as this is like a little teaser for the movie. You know, this is like we're setting permissions. We're kind of giving you a vibe and a tone, but we're not giving you a lot of other stuff. This is, we never thought of that as like a full segment. You know, it's supposed to be like just enough that you feel weird and uncomfortable and you're like, what the fuck? And now you're on to these <laughs> girls in the band. Yeah. It's I mean, it's the second half of something. Well,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like the third, third, act,
6: of our, yeah,
2: it's
1: yeah, the third
4: act of the. The way in, the way in, yeah.
1: So you guys do in this movie such a good job of like bleeding segments one into another. Is that something really hard to do? Like it seems yeah. seamless.
5: Yeah, I mean that was, I, I the the pro- we treated the process of Southbound. It was like a like a writer's room. Yeah, we all kind of went in and we were having these kind of we we had we had essentially gotten we put a treatment together that that was basically the idea of our two segments. We we really loved the idea of starting. Starting a movie with these characters that you that you feel for because it feels like they're they're victims of something like they're running from something, and you sort of sympathize with them to then learn at the end that they're actually on the run because they're really shitty people, and even that's a little complicated because they're kind of doing a bad thing for a good reason i mean it's it's all like very much living in the moral ambiguity of things, but we loved that idea, and we loved that the end of the movie was gonna fold immediately back into the beginning. There was this idea that like if you if this movie was playing on a loop, you could walk in at any time, and it would eventually catch up with itself, oh, and you like you, you wouldn't ever miss anything because it was always going <laughs> to. We tried this do giant that. this giant circle, yeah. It got really hard
7: with credits,
4: <laughs> yeah. Credits kind of impossible. impossible.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but once that kind of general idea was in mind, I think that kind of teed everybody up for for this feeling this uh, this desire to have one story like effortlessly hand off to another. We we kind of set the the, the guideposts we said, for that concept with the way the end was going to fold into the into the beginning.
7: Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it was because we had all, not all of us, but most of us had done VHS together. It, we had already done something together, so we were, like, trying to be very conscious of not doing the same thing. Sure. So in VHS, you always go back to Simon and Adam's wraparound. Our big thing was let's not have a wraparound. Let's just blend these together somehow. And it evolved from our initial pitch, but and then as far as the shooting goes of it, it was, I mean, we sat around for like... its a huge pain in the ass. It was a pain <laughs> in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Tipper, who's in our segment, right. who's the lead in Pat Horvath's segment, which is the one that leads into the end one. I mean, she had to come all the way back out to Palm Desert for like 10 minutes to shoot, just walk oh, into a right. door. Yeah,
4: three weeks three later. Three weeks after yeah. she had wrapped, <laughs> oh, no. you know?
7: Oh. So it was a pain. But it was it was fun coming up with those, and our whole thing was... How can we make some of these matter a lot like Dave's Roxanne's into Dave's really really important ours into the first one is sort of whatever and then our takeaway for the last one was like let's just start fresh she wa- P- Tipper walks into the bathroom and then Hassie who's the lead in the the younger the daughter in ours just sees her and then let's have a real nice conversation at the end of this otherwise really dark movie mm-hmm. yeah.
3: I wanted to ask about, I mean, I don't want to, don't want to ruin anything, but so much because so much of what makes Southbound so great is that ambiguity. Right. We tell you you nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's enough there that you can, you know, fill in the blanks in your head, but there's one moment where you whisper into Kate's ear about what Daryl did. Were you whispering anything in particular? Is is there an answer? Yes. There is.
7: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We had it. I'll just say this: it was scripted too. We scripted it. We scripted it, and it was so dark tonally that it it kind of fucked up the vibe. Like it made the movie not fun anymore. It made the movie gross in a way that yeah, yeah, it became too much. And so we just decided let's let's just not do that. Let's see how that works. And and I think what we all liked about it is it felt like it in this world where everything is there's so much ambiguity you know yeah. it, it, it just felt like cool wait why even why even and it drives some people crazy i get that but for it, us it, it we tried one cut where you could hear it and it just felt like Ugh, it no. also is
5: like huh. it's also I, I don't think we could ever do anything that is as bad as what somebody might imagine it right. said there you it go is. yeah and that was the so big why why take away <laughs> Why take that away from someone's interpretation? You stole like it's so much
7: $500 from <laughs>
4: exactly.
6: yeah, You took
4: the last parking spot of time.
6: Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. Oh, shit,
6: these the guys are psychos. kill <laughs> them them all.
3: Yeah. It was also the first time that we were exposed to the composer, or composers, I'm not sure. It's the Gifted. The Gifted, yes. And they did this amazing 80s-esque oh, so It's so oh, fucking great. great. And they appeared later in. Ready or not, they right? Yeah, they do the hide and seek song. They, do. Yes. they are yes. next level, and in
7: both of those, next level dudes. yeah, they're amazing. They uh, that, that's James and Lewis. They used to be in a band called the Hippos in the nineties. There was like this, was this Scott ska, yeah, yeah, I remember them exactly. And I, I used to be in a band in the nineties, and we used to play together. What was and your then band? called Link Eighty. It was ah. like a Bay Area band. And then no no real contact for years, and then we started being friends again in L A. And when we needed a group we needed somebody to do the Southbound music, a friend who worked with them was like, dude, James and Lewis should do your guys' score. And then it turned out we went in and pitched them what we were looking for. And, you know, we we wanted that kind of seventies thing and seventies, eighties. And it turned out that Lewis's dad is Nick Castle. From like who directed, you know, Last Starfighter and who was the shape and yeah, wow. sh- oh. Villes, right? Yeah. That did the music yeah. for Yeah, and he's in the Coupe de Villes. That did yeah. with Devil and Little with, China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With John Carpenter. Uh, and and so he was like, I mean, I i I have all of these things from my dad. I I'm, I've always wanted to work on something like this because I think I can do something my own with it, but it's fun to have this lineage. So they were just all about it. And then when we got to Ready or Not. They, we needed that hide and seek song, and and you know everybody was like, we're not gonna, we gotta, we gotta just find a song, and kind of on a whim, we were like, hey, James, Lewis, well, not Lewis because Lewis doesn't have a cell phone, so just James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, hey, would you guys be interested in doing this? And I mean, we sent them kind of a rough sketch of what we wanted, like the song to kind of do and where it needed to live and what it needed to hit, and then they we came had a temp back with it
5: that was like had a vibe that we were like. Eh. It needs to be adjacent yeah, to it was this. the boogeyman like, song comes the boogie sinister, sinister, sinister too, too.
6: Yeah.
7: Yeah. <laughs> and they they just they just came back with it within like what a week? Two yeah. weeks? I remember so they sent us vocal, vocal auditions. Yeah. yeah. And the and Darren,
5: the guy that the <laughs> yeah, Darren know. Howard. Darren Howard who ended up doing the voice in the hide and seek song. I was just like, this is unfucking real. <laughs> like this dude is singing, he's from another
3: era. Like this. Yeah!
5: And when you meet <laughs> him, he's just like he actually is kind of a punk rock guy, like he's yeah, really it's like a he's just a, like a normal bassist, great right? dude. But
7: yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he's got a monocle.
7: Yeah, totally. He <laughs> sang it. He sang us the song because we had never met him, and then we met him at <laughs> we we had like a little friends and family screening, and he came, and we went and got some drinks after, and he sang us the song in front of the bar just on the street and it was one of the weirder experiences
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
7: you guys are like great this
3: is gonna be great we
7: should also say
5: they they uh produced the last song too the love me yeah. tender oh no way with stereo jane that that was them as well and that was another one that we like we fought a lot of battles to like get that to sound right you know they and they to their credit they were like we're gonna get That's it right great. like you can give us notes until everyone's happy and I mean, they, they, every time you ask them to do something, you're always surprised at how at how well, how great it is, but also how just great
7: they are. I mean, we've we, we will work with those. Yeah, guys. they're for, wonderful
5: for, guys yeah, for every
4: project. Oh, nice. And they've
7: also since Southbound. They've also done. They did Roxanne's movie, Body of Brighton Rock. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did somebody else's, too. I'm forgetting. Yeah.
3: But yeah. Oh, so good. Well, let's crash into uh, 2019's Ready or Not. So how did you find out about the story?
4: Well, the script came to us once back right after we finished Devil's Do, right, So it's been around for like six years. Holy shit. And then uh, Trip, Trip Vincent went with somebody else to do it then and, it, and ended up coming back around to us. And we we're like, yes, we love that script. We were actually mad at our agent for sending it to us again. We're like, "We, well, yeah, no, we love this one. We didn't get it." They already Remember told us? you, already they already you told that. told us no. Like, why are you sending this to us? Like rubbing our face in it.
5: Uh, Remember that time you guys failed? Yeah. check it out. This is He's no longer.
4: There, right. Um, yeah, but then when it came back around again, we're like, "All right, cool. Let's go after we like let's go after this hard." And we met up with Trip, um, Vincent and Jamie Vanderbilt and uh just laid out what we thought would be our version of the movie and we did a great little lookbook um for it that was basically a monopoly board game and each space instead of a location was a different kill
6: oh wow
5: i so, so wish we could share that i, I yeah, maybe there's a version where we're far enough away from the release that we could actually like release just start printing i know brad them. has yeah. been wanting to yeah put it i send it to brad stuff. he has it yeah That'd be amazing to yeah. see. That is so cool. It like it's all clip art and shit, so it's it's probably a clearance nightmare. But right. it's a really cool. <laughs> I think the thing that ultimately was like that that we really just immediately jived with Trip and Jamie about was that we didn't want to. The, the script was very funny. Like the the tone, the sense, the sensibility of what the movie is is very much present in the script, and certainly it evolved. And like we got our hands on it and changed changed a bunch of stuff. The, the original draft was wildly different than what the than what the movie ultimately mm-hmm. ended up being, kind of structurally and. There's a lot that changed, uh, but the, the tone was always there. It was always this like, and the characters, really, those are yeah, the two kind of yeah, like, like, never changed. Ensemble, really dark, really scary, really fun. Like just a kind of crowd pleaser from page one. And, and that just felt given that we'd like kind of been playing in that, that space where we we're always mixing tones and mixing genres. It felt, it felt really comfortable to us. And ultimately we found that that was the thing that was hardest to sell to people. Cause that's, that's what makes people nervous, nervous, you know, like, John. oh, it's not, it's not a horror thing. It's not a comedy. Like, what is it? And, and usually that, that makes people really anxious and, and really afraid for the sort of vision of what the project is. But for us, it was like, oddly more of a return to what we had, yeah. mm. had been doing. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is, I think that we kind of take for granted how we respond to that tone. It's like oh, we tried. This is comfortable. Like we're we're this is
7: our wheelhouse. You know, it felt it felt so natural to step into. Yeah, and and we were getting sent a lot of scripts that were just very down the middle with like nothing, nothing that interesting to be honest. And you know, even back in Devil's Due days, we were trying to instill humor into it wherever we could. You know, and like the actors were very game for that. Like we wanted like how much fun can we have? This should be fun. Like let's make it fun. And and Ready or Not, which was called Family
3: Ritual at the time had had this really strong sense of fun throughout. Let's talk about right off the bat is this world building in this film and the characters just jumping off the screen. I wanted to ask you about instantly creating that iconography. You've got aunt Helene with the <laughs> jaws like <laughs> hair, like, or, uh, you know, you've got grace, who's got the bandolier like that iconic and now iconic image. It's a Halloween costume basically. Right. Yeah. You got the wedding dress with the bandolier and the shotgun and the chucks, yeah. right. The yellow chucks. Yeah. How much of that stuff was part of the initial, like, did you start off with a drawing of her maybe in that outfit or when did that, when did the iconography of the phone kind of present itself? Well,
5: I, that, that specific image of the bride with the shotgun was actually the thing that saved the movie. We were, We had been developing the project with searchlight for the better part of two years and get out had come out and they were very the the original draft and get out were very similar structure The first acts especially were, the first act, first yeah. acts were like almost beat for beat, like uh-huh. carbon copies of each other. It was like the 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 whole of the movie took place over multiple days. It was going home to meet the family for the first time. It wasn't a wedding. There were there were just all of these things that were Family's like, weird, got a secret. They're yeah, gonna right. follow you around. Like, and and we we were nervous and anxious about it, and we kept being told, Oh, it's not a problem, it's not a problem, let's just stay the course. And then we went in for a meeting that we, we then later found out was kind of going to be the meeting that they pulled the plug on the movie. And while we were in this meeting, we were all just kind of brainstorming ways to, to sort of give this thing a shot in the arm, right? To, to, to get people excited about it again. And it came up to, to condense that timeline and, and, and make it all take place on the wedding night. And as we were talking, we, we all started talking about the sort of image of the bride, you know, in a bloody wedding dress with a shotgun. And that was kind of when everyone went, "Oh, right, that's what this fucking movie is." Like that's the thing. And that was, I think that that kind of idea, leaving that meeting with that idea in mind, I think was what ultimately got it. Yeah, got it got into
7: the... into production. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it also it also, in a great way, solidified tone. Yeah, in, that that stuck with us throughout. And then I think that bled over into like Aunt Helene, and it bled over into like Henry's Jack or Tony's. <laughs> Henry Cherney playing Tony's jacket and like all these little details that, you know, are like hair and makeup and Avery, costume designer, just like went above and beyond what we could have hoped for. I mean, I remember when we first saw Helene and Helene (laughs) Padogni. Right. It's that weird moment (laughs) where you pause for a second wonder is
6: this a good idea
7: (laughs) and then go yeah yeah fuck yeah let's let's own this you know and I think that I mean we I know especially actually Anne Helene was one of like the barometers on set where how big can we go with this character and it gets back to what we are talking about earlier as long as grace is grounded we can push the limit a little bit you know and and like to Nikki who played Anne Helene's credit she was really game to kind of help Help us find that as we were shooting. That. Yeah. It also helped that I mean, the, the
5: movie takes place in a world that is so heightened that we hope that it's that it's unrecognizable to the majority of people that like walk into it. will never understand the level of wealth that that family has. And because of that, we're walking. The, the movie starts. The character Grace is a real character who we know and we relate to. But the world she's walking into can kind of be as fucking crazy and as heightened as (laughs) we want it to be again yeah she's down the rabbit hole she's as long as she's real we can go wherever the fuck we want but that allowed us to like take some really big swings with with the costumes and with the set deck and 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 all of that stuff really yeah turn the (laughs) volume up on all of that
1: so i watched we watched the features on the dvd the like behind the scenes yeah we've watched it twice (laughs) (laughs) so we saw there were 17 versions of the dress and how can i get one
7: (laughs) i mean we're with you we love one and we'd love to get you guys one and it's with a props thing it's funny it's we we got a pair of the shoes for sam
1: Oh my gosh, those were hand painted. Yes, they they were. They don't make yellow chucks. That's what we learned. Yes,
7: yeah. And Avery got those, made those herself, and and it was a thing. We got told very, very directly, like we props belong to Fox. Yeah, and we just kind of asked, you know, politely a couple times, and then got a pair of shoes for her. But yeah, we don't know where those dresses are, but. We want the dresses. We want the Henry Churney portraits. Yeah, the so Henry <laughs> Churney
4: port- portraits are great. There are like eight of them. Yeah, they're yeah.
7: Still
3: all over the place. Oh, there's a wealth. Like when you even the 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 movie opens up on the shot of all these different board games, and yeah. I mean the world Those building all is burnt. so rich. Yeah. So hated, all, many details, all, designed, all, all built, designs. you know,
5: by our by our art director and props team. I mean, it was a real. It was a real. There was. I, I think we're we're consistently amazed at the level of of just kind of world build we were able to create with how little time and and budget we ultimately had like they, everyone just really pulled through. Yeah. yeah. And if you look That's at the names of all the
4: board games too, we tried to clear a whole bunch but we couldn't clear any, but the ones we did end up clearing are great cuz they're easter eggs for the movie. There's uh Family Ritual, which was the original name of the the script when it first came around. Um Sunshine, which sunrise. happens in the sunrise in the, sunrise. Sunrise. Oh, this sunrise is in the morning notices. This. This it's yeah. awesome. Um Secret Council um yes. was another one. Yeah. Murder Party. Yeah, Murder Party. <laughs> Murder <laughs> That's great, yeah. Abracadabra,
3: <laughs> or
7: Abracadabra, Abracadabra? Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, wow.
1: Were you guys aware that there was a ready or not maze at Midsummer Scream? Yes. yes. Not okay. until
7: it was Brian, one of the writers, and Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. Ryan and his wife went and sent us pictures. Oh yeah. Like, hey, look where I am. And we were all
4: like what the yeah. fuck is that? Wow. <laughs> Nobody told us about it or else we would have went.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, we wanted to do it so bad, but I recently heard what went down in there and there was like a game and you had flags yeah. on your waist yeah. and then like people were trying to grab your flags. Like a tag. Like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Totally. And, and then if you had two then you won and like you won a little prize or something. But when you walked in, they had all the props from the movie. No. Yeah, that's right. They had a giant really? display case yes.
3: with one of the full dresses. They had Amazing. the card box. Oh,
6: yeah.
4: wow.
3: I yeah. was going to ask you about the card box. Is that... Was that mechanical? Yeah.
4: Yeah. It had a little just lever that popped. Yeah, yeah, one button that popped out. That is so yeah. cool. The spinning yeah.
3: dial
5: is effects, but the yeah, the actual drawer that slides out is yeah. all... Yeah, that was all engineered by
7: Charles Art. Ah,
3: oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, my. that room, for for instance, just the, the beautiful game room, I guess, that's created... As to where this was filmed, if I understand correctly, a lot of it was on a Casa Loma in Toronto, right? Uh
4: Casa Loma was for the hallways. Okay. So oh. the hallways and that woodwork the woodwork you see throughout, that was Casa Loma. The house was the Parkwood estate.
3: So still it was actually like <clears throat> practical set.
4: Practical set, yeah. Yes. So
3: how much of that did you say say the games room, for instance, how much of that were you able to create or lay over or tweak to get to, was, it, to where you wanted it to look. That room was almost a full build.
4: Yeah, the game room within, awesome. a, oh, a, lot. within yeah, a room locations. within the structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah within a
5: room we... Parkwood. <clears throat> where the where the taxidermied heads are are hanging and all the weapons are hanging. Yeah, that was actually that's all open.
7: Oh wow! That's in, yeah, if you, you walk can into watch. That, um, Season the newest season of Handmaid's Jesus, Tale, right. and you can on, really yeah. see a lot of it. Right.
4: Oh, oh really? it was filmed there as well. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and Billy Madison, you can see the rest of the house because it was the same house as Billy Madison. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah, we're really following the yeah. that stairwell. <laughs> that she walks down. Is the I'll tumble for you. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's really cool. So you combine basically the two practical locations yeah. to make it look like yep. one house. And
7: Andrew
5: Stern, our our production designer, just I we we were we none of those builds were done far enough ahead of time that we like had had time to go in and like tweak tweak a bunch of stuff we'd be shooting in one section of parkwood and then we'd break we'd have to walk through that game room and it was like under construction until it wasn't and i remember walking in when it was done and we were all just like what the fuck like this is incredible it totally transformed that house and and that outside of the game room the sort of hallway that they walk into when they open the big doors that was also a hallway that was created. That was an open space yeah. that they walled off. So we were we were working as hard as we could to create as many little corridors as we as we possibly could to try to sell some semblance of of a believable geography. That then, as you go further and further into the movie, we 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 kind of stop playing by those rules. It starts to take on this kind of labyrinthian feel, where you're not really sure where where you are, what hallway leads where. They right. all kind of start to look the same. It's it's um. It's real feet of. That's (laughs) also partially because
7: we didn't have time to shoot (laughs) much. Like we wanted, we kept saying all these like kind of you know in between shots that we wanted of like Grace running through the hallways. We we had like five, and it got whittled down to one. So we, I think we even reused one. Yeah.
5: Yeah, we flipped. We flipped the take flipped 180 one. degrees okay. and like color corrected to look like a different hallway. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We were using like every frame that we shot oh, yeah. <laughs> It's oh, basically in the movie. Yeah.
3: Now, were there any limitations that you had to, Casaloma in particular? It's like a living, working museum. Mm-hmm. Are there por- portions of like furniture that like, no one can touch, and things that are on the wall you can't even mm-hmm. go near or have to watch for that stuff? The whole place,
7: yeah, that, really, yeah. Everything. And
4: fighting for candles, we could barely light any candles in in Casa Loma. It was like a, it was a big or Parkwood, yep. or Parkwood. Oh. We couldn't do it in the bedroom. Or
5: there was a- also a working restaurant in Casa Loma that that's was right. open until like blue bloods midnight and so we there are scenes that are all that are all looped because <laughs> well, you the scene your background right, noise you uh, hear, like people partying and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, shut down the restaurant what you guys no, are now. Um,
7: the scene of Andy McDowell and Christian walking with their uh, with the crossbow and the bow and arrow when she tells him that she doesn't like him and it's just this one take and when we were editing the movie Every time you got to that scene, there was just a whole bunch of people in the background having a good time at dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it wasn't until we got to like final mix that it was finally like, oh, OK, now this actually sits in the
3: movie and I don't hear the fucking restaurant. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God.
6: That's
0: wow.
3: crazy. Oh, my God. So uh, let's see. You wanted to ask about the uh, weapons.
1: Yes. Were they old vintage weapons or were they made specifically for the film? Like the crossbow, was it like an old one? or you? I think so. That
4: was, real. Yeah, that, was was real. that was like that was a like hundred pounds too. It was like a super heavy one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
5: It was the most unwieldy. Yes, I like Christian carrying that thing around. Like him joking about how how do I hold this fucking thing? Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when if somebody hands
7: you that, I mean, it is a the most awkward thing to hold on <laughs> to. None, none of the actors got to play with them before either, so...
2: Oh, my God. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Right, exactly. These <laughs>
7: fucking <laughs>
0: weird. How, awkward how about, gun? How about, about Grace's gun, though? Like, what, like, what, so what do you mean? It's yeah. an elephant gun. Yeah, that,
4: yeah, that one was also, on like, 50 pounds because I remember Jeez, how Samara was having a hard time just... It was heavy as yeah, fuck, and her
7: bandolier was so heavy. I mean, that They're not live
5: shells, but they're real bullets. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I remember, like, the that gun... The cocking of it, like her hands had a bunch of cuts on them because, like, getting the hammers back on it. I mean, it was all,
0: yeah. those are all real. I remember that scene uh, where she's in the kitchen. Uh, yeah. it's, like, it's a very tense scene. I love that scene. Yeah. It's my favorite sequence of the movie, I think. And uh, I'm just, the whole time I was thinking, I go, shit, if she fires that thing, it's going to blow the house apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
6: yeah.
7: So she'll Don't go flying out the back You're of right. the house, right? We You're completely right. subvert the promise of a right. bride yeah. with a that <laughs> she has for
3: a minute in the right. movie. Right, right. What? <laughs> One, another thing about this, this world building in this particular movie, too, is this really unique look that it seems like everything's lit by candlelight. Yeah. Which is great. How did you film that? Or was that an after effect? And no, that's I, I mean, our our DP,
5: Brett, I think the biggest kind of magic trick that is happening in the movie is that the feeling of it being candlelit when really, I mean, there are there are 20 little fluorescent lights that are all doing a very specific job in all of those hallways. It's this very like painstakingly okay. lit scene and it's mm-hmm. and it's lit to look like it's not lit, which is like it's it feels stylistic but it also feels really natural and that was that was the big thing that we wanted to achieve was that it mm-hmm. never felt like you were looking at the, the sort of Instagram filter version of the movie. Like we wanted we wanted it visually to feel as real as possible and Brett to his credit I think really achieved something yeah.
3: special. Yeah yeah he really did. How did it feel to have this film get received and celebrated the way that it has been? It's not something we're used to yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's, it's been we're really nice,
7: nice yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's really nice when you make something that you believe in and then it connects with other people it's It's kind of the best feeling, honestly.
1: It's
5: also really nice to see people people interpreting it in in ways that certainly you know we live with we've lived with we lived with this project for three and a half years and you spend so much time going over the script and all the lines and the characters and the theme and figuring out what all that stuff is and and sometimes it feels like man we're so deep in this like is anybody gonna fucking get what we're doing like we're we're there are moments where we're like just talking about like really weird thematic easter eggs that are planted here and there and then when the movie comes out and you see like no people people are paying attention and they're watching it to a degree that You only like you never dream is going to happen, but that they're they're responding to it in a way. And like they're unpacking all the interesting things that you that you hoped were were there. I mean, it's 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 fucking incredible. Yeah.
4: I mean, we were just like super lucky to have the, the best possible partners for it. Also, I mean, Fox Searchlight from the creative team being great and letting us do our own thing and get our own tone out there and supporting us the entire time. Um, that was just that was that was just amazing. It was an amazing experience working with them. And then also marketing at Searchlight, which is something new for us, too, when marketing actually sells the movie that you made. They're not trying to sell something else. They're trying not trying to do like a, a bait and switch. They're like, no, this is the movie. And and we're very happy with those materials from the poster down to the like the first trailer, the end the, and just getting it the word of mouth out there for us in a very short time, because we think we found our release date um, about three months before it was yeah, released, yeah, there wasn't a lot and of. We fun weren't even, away. yeah, we weren't even wrapped yet, yeah.
7: And it's oh, also, wow. it's also worth saying that, like, you know, it's our first feature that is not found footage, and to us, that was a very big deal to be like, okay, let's. This is our chance to make a movie, movie like a cinematic movie. Let's not fuck this up. And it was also the first movie that Guy and Ryan, the writers, had ever got made. So there was this very like team oriented excitement for us all to yeah, really this, like, be like digging Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs>
5: underdog. <feel. laughs> right.
7: It also, it also,
5: you know, I, I think it's made all the more sweet that we had such a great time with the producers and the cast. And then, like, I think you, you hear a lot like, oh, we were, we made so many good friends on this shoot. Like we still hang out. We, we had dinner with, with Mark and Henry and Christian the other night. I mean, like we're, we're, <laughs> we're really, we've become really close with everybody. And I think we, uh, we know that that is we hope it's we hope it's every project we know it's rare it's more rare, certainly more rare than that, and I think that that's that's the other thing that like it's so nice that the movie's being received well, but it's also so nice that we think people are responding to a vibe that we that was there when we were making it you know that that was that was alive on set when we were actually shooting the thing um that translates are
1: there any plans to explore more of ready or not like i wanna see. Aunt Helene's crazy backstory—like what happened with her husband? Like, I want to see more of this world.
4: That's great. We always joke about like the one we want to do the most would be Fitch's and Emily's. Like oh yeah. you know, vacation right? in Ibiza where they're just going crazy and it's just like <laughs> a European vacation where they just accidentally like kill
7: people, yeah. Two shitheads
3: galloping Don't be a bitch yeah, right. bitch. Yeah. Don't be a bitch
6: bitch.
7: <laughs> <laughs> far more far more people killed in that. Right?
6: Yeah. Yeah.
7: But for real, how much fun would we have making that? Be
6: so fun.
1: <laughs> oh, Seriously. Man. But you guys made such amazing characters yeah. with such interesting stories that you can make so many stories from these people.
7: Yeah. I mean we I would love more. to. We had it's like, it's like what what everybody here was just saying. We had so much fun with it and we had so much fun with the cast and the crew and it, to be able to do it again would be
0: rad. <laughs> I really hope it happens. Yeah, I mean the writing is superb, the directing's superb. It's funny when it needs to be funny and then it you know has a serious Tone to it, and then it has this silliness to it, but but it works because it's not like uh, you know over your top at all. It's like it's believable, you know. I love that she's not running around in high heels the whole movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like no, it's, no, it's, no. there's a lot of cleverness to this movie in the directing and the lighting and you know the way you guys shot it in these rooms and it's in this house and you know, and then you get to the ending and you're <laughs> like, holy shit! <laughs> 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 then it just fucking goes crazy, fuck? which is uh, awesome because yeah. yeah. that is the unexpected yeah, place you know,
7: where yeah, it goes. You know? We started shooting and definitely we shot not over this. the top.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We shot those explosions the third day of shooting too. Really? So it was, yeah, it was this crazy. Our first week was stacked with. I mean, the, the hardest, the hardest scenes of the movie. I mean, it, it, we shot Grace killing Becky. You know, Sam killing Annie McDowell. The and Mark walking in. You know, Alex walking in, and that big turn where he decides he's going to side with his family and kill his kill his his
7: wife which is the thing (laughs) that we talked about more than that scene is what we talked about with like the studio producers writers more than anything leading up to it because the the general consensus was that if that turn doesn't work none of the movie works everything will fall Um, apart which we agreed with right -hmm. we spent more time on like like, because ultimately on the page
5: that scene is like it's like two-thirds of a page we spent more time fucking with that two thirds of a single page than any other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
7: and even it even came down to the day of the shoot, you know, it was the, the you're not gonna be with me after this is a line that Mark has as Alex. And that was that was an on the set ad to make sure that we had all our bases covered. And it's one of the only lines in the scene now. Yep. Yeah. Huh.
5: yeah, and then and then the explosions were day three. And, and the explosions was, practical? Yeah, they are. It's a mix of it's a well it's it's a mix of a practical explosion that happened in the space and then we we did an element shoot where we were blowing up other new other blood bags against green and then adding those oh, those wow. elements to the explosions. But yeah, those were those were all done locked off cameras, all shot in the sequence that the people in the movie explode in cuz we didn't have time to reset anything <laughs> and redress the set. So, we'd blow someone up, we'd leave that blood as much as we could on the walls and then we'd move the plastic wrap, and shoot the next one, and, and there were three passes of everything to get all the elements that we needed to comp it all together, and it was a, it was a real, and, they, and it went off, I mean, usually practical effects. The, you, they're so beautiful in the, when you're seeing the test done, and then you get there on the day, and they all, it
7: goes fucking south. Though. Except <laughs> ours were not beautiful when we got No, the we had track, the, opposite. Test, yeah. the opposite. They never worked. We had experience. this big test day, like a, a day or two before, you know, maybe the Thursday or Friday before we started, the week we started shooting. And we were big proponents of this has to be done this way. And to, to Tripp and Jamie, the producers' credit, they allowed it but they also were very not as excited as us and <laughs> what's the backup plan and we took them to do the kind of show and tell and be like look how easy this is going to be a piece of cake and then every single one of them just failed it yeah. was like <laughs> oh my oh the god, worst god. But, yeah. then, but then stupid
2: things
5: like the, uh, uh, the batteries in the debt just ridiculous right so he hits he's like three two one clear pushes the button nothing and then it's like button mashing oh Oh my my god God. (laughs) it's like the most unsafe and then on the day
7: we had and i'm not really exaggerating we had almost no room for air like there was no no time to redo anything and it was a location that we were we didn't have that location again so if we did fuck up it would be a real clusterfuck and so we had to go through whatever it is seven eight explosions and every single one was like momentary cheer oh my god we did it oh fuck we gotta do it six more (laughs) times yeah Yeah, it was a tense day it was a really tense day a lot of fun and
5: we also didn't know like going into that day how how who in our cast was comfortable with getting blood thrown Yeah, i mean obviously they'd read the the script they knew that there was going to be some (laughs) element of that you know in in the shoot but there are a lot of ways you can do that, and our special effects guy had created this pneumatic gun that they pour blood in the tip of it, and then they pointed at your face. And I mean, it's fucking terrifying. I mean, this device pointed at your face, and
6: right. I, mean, I was like,
5: I don't want this pointed at me. And and Elise Levesque, who plays Charity, was the first was the first person to get hit with Helene's Helene's blood. Yeah. So she was like, Well, yeah, I'll fucking I'll do it. I'm super in. And she she. Had a blast, and then I, I, like it became this sort of contagious thing. Where she's like, "Yeah, it's fun, great." And then Henry's into it, and Christian's into it. I, I mean, it was very. We had a lot yeah. of fun,
3: and that's some good acting—not acting like you got a meat can pointed at your yeah,
6: face yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're yeah.
0: not reacting You know, how do you guys pull that off? Because I mean, they know it's coming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you gotta be scared of shit. Be like, <laughs> right. are, you, are you like okay? We'll do on three. They're one, pros. two, blast! Yeah, exactly. like,
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs>
5: No, I think it was they were man, all great. I mean, and I also everybody also knew that we we didn't have time for resets. Like everyone would just brought their their A game because there was mm-hmm. no there was no room there's no margin for error with anything. Performances like any of the practical shit it was like we get it once and then we move on. So, you make it Make it your best.
3: Oh man! Wow. Well, that ending, man. That's the that's the ending that that brought cheers, right? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing, but I was so happy it went there. It was so kudos to you guys, man, for the Thank balls you. to do that You're ending. Great. Thank yeah. you. That's so great. So what the hell's next? Oh
5: man! VHS <laughs> four.
6: Yeah. yeah. Yay! Yeah. Devils
7: do two VHS four. Ready or not two. I mean. Do- in- and in, in our histories thus far, this is when we go back to Brad and say, what are we doing together? Right.
6: <laughs> <Anthology>. <laughs> we make a weird
7: anthology. Um, no, we have, a, we have a movie right now
5: with Lord and Miller over at Universal that's like in that, in that stage of, uh, is it going to happen or is, is it not? Like we're right on the kind of cusp of it becoming like more than just a thing that we love and that we talk a lot about. We might actually get to go make. Fun horror? fact, it's
7: written by uh, Samara's husband
3: wow yeah. oh no yeah. way
7: that's so yeah. cool yeah jimmy he's great is it horror or uh
5: it's it's uh, it is a it is a yeah it's a tonal... sort of
7: horror but also sort of comedy yeah, yeah i okay. think it's
5: tonally it's like it's a it is a it's simpatico with ready or not yeah. like they uh, are they are bedfellows those two movies
7: <laughs> the, <are tonally>. the, <laughs> the the press or whatever the like Hollywood reporter and we don't know where they got this because we did not say this but they <laughs> said it is good boys meets the
0: revenant Oh shit! Interesting. Which is not an error, you know? Wow! <laughs> without, Whatever that without is. The, without the bear scene, right?
6: <laughs> well, uh, lots oh, of yeah. The bear scene. It's all the bear scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the remnant. Yeah,
5: yeah. That's an hour and a half of just the bear scene. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, and then just like writing writing stuff. But we're yeah, it's. I mean, I think we're still kind of coming down from the Ready or Not. Sure. Tomorrow, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have to ask Ready or Not though uh, one last question about that. I have to ask. In terms of uh, as a collaborative, how do you guys how do you guys approach this? I mean, who's actually directing actors? Who's dealing with the camera? Who's yeah? Do you guys split duties and one on each day, or how did you approach this
5: project? No, I mean it's it's a it's a process that's developed over I mean a long time of us working together. But you know, when it was when we were working making our own stuff back in the day, it was just like eh, everyone's voice, like we were all just having conversations. and It was very vocal and 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 on set. For things to be really efficient and to, for the communication to be really clear, we we split up duties. You know, I, I typically am like doing the technical directing, camera, that kind of stuff, blocking. Matt's working with the actors and Chad's working with all the production, all the departments to make sure that everything is is there when it needs to be. And and it's it hasn't let us down. It's really efficient. And we obviously all have opinions about all those processes and are communicating with each other about like we're very
6: prepped. Oh, do this,
5: do this note, like between takes even but when we're when we're kind of working on on set and we're like spreading those notes out and and you know
7: communicating with our team it's all very very efficient and and we brilliant. like to make sure nobody gets one note from one of us and another note from somebody else. All <laughs> yeah, right.
6: Unless we're fucking with
3: them. <laughs> right. hey, go left. Go right. <laughs> meet Cannon on two. No three. <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meet
3: <laughs> on three. That's a great production company. Meet <laughs> yeah, I think we're good guys. Thank uh, you guys thank so you much. Guys. Thank, thank you. you. Everyone uh, see fun. VHS Devils do Southbound Ready or Not. You got to do it. Yeah. genius filmmaking. Radio Silence, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thank
1: you, that was a Boo Crew podcast episode 113. Special thanks to our guests, Matt, Tyler, and Chad of Radio Silence. They're fucking amazing.
3: Follow them at High Radio Silence on Twitter and watch and rewatch VHS, Ready or Not, Devils Do, Southbound, and look up all their adventures on YouTube. HighRadioSilence.com
2: is a great place to start.
1: Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screen.
2: Thanks for listening to another episode of The Boo Crew Podcast Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo The Boo Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand The Boo Crew is a TSP creation part of a Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A Bloody Disgusting Podcast
0: Network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, or pre-full cast storytelling. For horror
2: queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.